and this is the house call welcome back to the house call podcast we're back episode what 67 it's gonna be at yeah, 67 two away She's creeping away from <laughs> go ahead yeah. i was gonna say close to 200 but all right yeah that's nice <laughs> uh recent news in the nfl Philadelphia Eagles tight end Dallas Goder is on IR. Andy Dalton is the guy for the Saints. They're going to be sticking with him at quarterback. And finally, Deshaun Watson is back at practice for the Browns. So pretty big there. He'll be back in the game against the Texans, but he's come back with the practice of the team. So, yeah, should be interesting stuff. All right, first up, we got Thursday Night Football, Titans, Packers. Rob, what are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. I kind of just went with, like, um, looking at the Packers and, like, is Rodgers, is this how he turns a new leaf? Christian Watson finally catches a football. <laughs> three touchdowns. Even did, he did the whole like one, two, three thing in the end zone. Uh, I don't know. Tennessee just really is like very weird to me. I, I heard Ryan Tannehill is probably going to be starting this game. Still doesn't give me a lot of uh, – I mean, they really – what was the last game? They had no wide receiver touchdowns, right? Uh, that t- that whole team doesn't just really give me anything to go off. I'm gonna get the Packers, and if the Packers lose this game, for the love of God, for the love of God, I'm not picking them the rest of the season. <laughs> go ahead, Thomas. This game would be interesting if either of these teams had a single receiver that was worth watching. So, <laughs> um, at, at the end of the day, one of the biggest things I'm looking at is injuries. The Titans have four of their starters injured. For Thursday, that's Ben Jones, center, uh, with a concussion. Safety, Imani Hooker. Uh, kicker, Randy Bullock. They just brought in Josh Lambeau. Just fresh. Uh, hasn't hasn't kicked in quite a while. Outside linebacker, Bud Dupree. And then even their backup safety, Lonnie Johnson. So you're looking at a team that's kind of squeaked by with wins. That's really the story of the Titans has been squeaking by with wins that they shouldn't have gotten. And the Packers have ended up with losses where if they could have gotten anything going, they would have pulled it off. And finally, last week, we saw it. We saw the running game, Aaron Jones, 24 carries, 138 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He is questionable. So that's something to watch. But I see the Packers at home in a game that isn't as exciting as we all would have thought thinking yeah. it like week one yeah who would have thought after like three straight seasons of 13 plus wins the you know packers come out and we're what three and six right now it's yeah it's I very could... weird especially with a back-to-back mvp but looking at the the titans the only reason like Vrabel just this speaks to how good of a coach mm-hmm. he is it's just incredible. oh yeah it's like last year what did he have like his whole roster pretty much was injured too like kind of like i was going towards that wrote now um, and then he, he was like practice squad players, and then they were just what well, they were number one in the AFC for a little while until they got the one seed at the end. Did they? I, I forget. Oh, like yeah. it, it just goes to show you how good of a coach he is. And mm-hmm. I kind of forget the last the last year once it's kind of out of my memory. Well, that's what happens when you get older. Um, personally, I see this being <laughs> I see this being a battle of running backs. You got the Packers with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You got the Titans, obviously, with Derrick Henry. I think you guys are right. There are no receivers, but those running backs, I think, are going to make it pretty interesting. But I, I got to go with my guy, Derek. I think he's back, and um, I think he's going to go through full force. The center injury does concern me a little bit because when you don't have your O-line guys blocking and getting your holes, uh, that does make it a little bit more difficult. But I still got the Titans here. All right, looking ahead, we got Bears-Falcons. Rob, you think Justin Fields can get it done? Fields has been on a tear lately. 
He's averaging not not a lot of passing yards. However, he's in the last three games, he's averaging 128 rushing yards and 1.3 touchdowns per game. That's I mean the kids he doesn't he's doing what the defense is giving him. So if you're gonna give him a running lane, I mean 128 you you don't luck into that. That that's something that's telling me that he's doing this on purpose. So yeah, I'm gonna pick the Bears just because the Falcons. I what do you have in them? I get it'll pro- they'll probably make it a close game. I just think how the Bears defense has been playing lately and just how Fields has been playing. Lately. It's just a it's kind of a recipe for success. What's your thoughts, Thomas? All right, so you gotta you gotta stay with me on this one here, but uh, there's there's a rookie in the NFL. His name's Tom Luce. He also contributes to the House Call podcast sometimes. An interesting fact is in Week Ten, Tom Luce, the guy standing here right now, actually had more receiving yards against the Panthers than Tyler Algier did. I had zero receiving yards against the Panthers. Tyler Algier had negative 17 receiving mm. yards against the Panthers. Wow. <laughs> so statistically speaking, I had more. Uh, it's, I mean, that's not the most relevant of stats, but it just shows you that there were some serious concerns for the Falcons on offense. We already had concerns on defense, and the Panthers really brought a lot out on offense. Patterson getting back from injury, is he going to be what we saw in the first half of the season? Uh, he's he's been out of the game for a little bit here, and then there's nothing impressive with Tyler Algier and Marcus Mariota just kept making mistakes. He kept trying to make the play happen. What makes quarterbacks like Tom Brady great is they know how to throw the ball away. They know how to take the sack. They know how to just let it go. Marcus Mariota he thinks he's Lamar Jackson out there, but he's not. And he, uh, well, he thinks he's Lamar Jackson with his legs, and he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes with his arm, and. He, I saw him make three bad throws on the same drive. Two of them should have been interceptions and weren't. And he didn't learn from it. His third one was an interception. So a lot of issues with the Falcons offense. I'm not saying they don't have talent, but it did not look good against the Panthers. So I, I have the Bears in this one. They're they're definitely uh, the hot team right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, the X factor of this game is definitely Cordero Patterson. If he's having a field day, then the Falcons will win. That will be the only factor. I think that's what's going to be the game changer. Yeah. My dad's a Bears fan. He won't stop telling me how Justin Fields is finally starting to hit his stride. And I didn't really believe him before, but I think I'm starting to now. They, I mean, they lost the Lions 31-30, but they, they were leading pretty big. I mean, I don't think it was really on Justin Fields, but I think they've always kind of had a pretty solid defense. Um, I think he's just he's kind of finding his groove there with his receiving core. Um, looking ahead, we got the Browns versus the Bills, which is apparently supposed to be like a winter wonderland. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking, Rob? I think this is a game that the Bills need to rest their quarterback. I, I don't – I mean, who are the Browns? They have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and that's pretty much it. Wait, isn't Deshaun Watson playing this game? No. He's just practicing now. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is – so he would be playing week thirteen. I think. I still I still wouldn't pick the Browns just because the sole fact that like you can't come off two years and not and just play right away. Nobody does that. Um, I think Case Keenum is not a he's a solid backup, and this is their chance to like at least let your quarterback rest a little bit. He went to go punch out the football, and you saw him just laying down on his face because that. He's definitely like if it's not fully torn, I would be very surprised. But what's your thought, Thomas? 
I'm still taking I the Bills. I, I agree. The Bills are going to win. Uh, it is it is that year in the NFL where the moment you assume a good team is going to beat a bad team, there's an upset. But outside of just that weird gut feeling, there's no indication that this Browns team is going to be able to measure up. I will say uh, mm-hmm. tight end David Njoku is uh, returning. So that could be some help. It's at least some help to my fantasy team. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm I'm gonna pick the Bills. the The only game that I've picked the Bills to lose this season was against the Vikings last week, and I don't know if there'll be another one for the rest of the year. I might pick pick the Patriots to beat them. Just it's if very really possible, Thomas. Me. If it's they're really very... inspiring me, look, Thomas. You saw how he reacted when he went down. The man was down for about yeah. a good like two minutes, and he was looking at the floor. I think that that arm is holding on by like just adrenaline and pure drive. There ain't nothing else holding that damn thing. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is this might be a hot take. They could finish last in this division if they keep playing this guy and he gets hurt because he'll be he'll, he'll keep you close in games just because of his legs. But God forbid he goes down, that could wreck not only your this season. That injury could last up to eighteen months. If he goes down, you're fucked. Yep. And not only that, I think you can you can probably push through an injury like a Super Bowl, but you can't push through an injury starting week ten and through the Super Bowl. That like there's nobody does that. The human body can't do that, no matter how much well, willpower you have. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. He's probably an outlier. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think the Bills just have too much talent. Uh the Browns don't. That's just how it is. But you know, you never know. Any given Sunday. Um, Eagles Colts, the once undefeated Eagles fall to the commanders last week. And now the Colts headed up by Jeff Saturday undefeated as an NFL head coach. What are we thinking? You ever watch the longest yard where the guy, the, the guy had uh, prison guard, not prison guard. He like used to be a prison guard. He's like the, the head capitan now. He's like, and then Adam Sandler's like, you know, there's a game. You ever want to build your confidence back up after like a loss or whatever. So you, or you, whatever. And you just go against a bad team. That's that's the Colts. The Eagles are going to beat the shit out of them. I really think. I don't think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be a game that resets it back because they've been reeling the last couple of weeks. Probably could have lost to the Texans to be honest. If Davis Mills knows how to pass the football to anybody other than the other team, um, and they they're kind of a flawed eight and one team. However, I think that they'll turn around this weekend and kind of reset the ship. The Eagles definitely. I'm not I'm not taking away from how the commanders played, but refs aside, uh the Eagles gave them that win. They they gave that game away. It was sloppiness. To me, it wasn't indicative of large scale issues for this team. It was simply they played a bad uh they, they didn't play a good game. It's it's that simple. This is still a great team. This is still, you know. We can argue, but let's say top three team in the NFC, Super Bowl contender. And the Colts, I have a little bit on Jeff Saturday, but I'm going to save it for when we talk about the Raiders. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, just everything Rob said, the Colts are not an impressive team against against the Eagles. This is a good bounce back. Yeah, I I liked what you said, because I think often you kind of think it's like high school football or college football, where like if you're not – going winning in every game decisively then you're doing something wrong really at the football as a sport but especially football at the highest level there's so many moving parts 
and there's so many ways for a team to out strategize you and sneak a win in it's really hard to go fully undefeated and uh fully defeated in a season so that we did you know i wasn't really expecting the eagles to go 17 and 0 20 and 0. i don't think anyone was um looking ahead though we got the jets patriots this is gonna be a good one hey uh yeah. jets fans <clears throat> i would pick the jets if you didn't have zach wilson at quarterback that is the number one outlier. Hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he ain't walking through that door. The only reason why I bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick, because uh, December 27th of 2015 was the last time you beat the Patriots. That is 13 games in a row in which it hasn't been close. Zach Wilson has a pass rating of 50.5 with 616 yards, two touchdowns, and was it seven interceptions in three games against the Patriots in his career? Uh, this just this reminds me of a quarterback that they used to have that saw ghosts, and I think that ghost is gonna it's gonna wreck this game. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be close. I think this is gonna be a game that finally Mac turns it around, and I'm not calling it as a Patriots fan. I'm saying, and I'm gonna I'm just kind of be just going on my gut a little bit that I think he's gonna turn around finally. I think. Last game was a little bit of tune-up. He shouldn't have thrown some of those passes, but he'll turn around this game. So before the bye week, in that just amazing defensive performance that uh, got a head coach fired, (laughs) nine sacks, an interception, a defensive touchdown, a blocked kick, 66 return yards on special teams, and two fourth down stops this defense and special teams is i'm gonna say it the best in the nfl and i I understand the the stats don't show that and a lot of the reason the stats don't show that is regardless of who our quarterback is we've had a lot of games where we cannot get things going on offense we've had some where we could but a lot of that bogs down our stats the way this defense plays insane absolutely insane and now we're coming off a bye you're giving bill belichick the greatest strategist for a coach in nfl history that much time to prepare for the jets who he loves to beat there's nobody he likes beating more than the jets this team's gonna be ready we're gonna win field position we're gonna get turnovers i i don't think it'll be close Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated and liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. And remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. And we're back. So Elliot had to step out for something. So it is now me and Rob finishing up uh, this week's slate of games. So moving on now to the Rams and the Saints. Cooper Cup, uh, as probably many of y'all know, had a high ankle sprain. 
And that's, that's a very devastating loss for this Rams offense. That's really the best thing it had going for it. And I'm partial to Cooper cup being from Eastern Washington as well. And then for the saints, you have, they have just named Dalton the starter for week 11. There was some consideration about switching to Winston, but they are going to stick with Dalton at least for another week and see how it goes. So who do you have for this one, Rob? See, the one thing about that though, is at least for the last couple of weeks, you have consistency. The one thing about the Rams, though, is now that Cooper Cup's out, that really was all that the offense that had been generated. Now Stafford's hurt, or whether his condition is going, he's going to play this game. Who knows? It's all up in the air. And he doesn't have that guy that he's like could look to as his first read option and be like, that guy's going to be open. I'm going to get him the football. No longer has him there. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think that defense with the Saints is pretty damn good. I think the Rams are just so much in turmoil. And it's just a year where it's bad that looking at the team that coming into the season that we thought this team had a possible chance of repeating. I think I had their record at the beginning of the season at like 14 and three finishing off, which is a stellar record because you add Allen Robinson. But now you don't have Cooper Cup, your number one option. Maybe Stafford misses this game. And going to next season, you probably don't have any good high draft picks because you traded all that that farm system uh, assets. And no salary cap space. So this team's definitely not in a great situation. I agree. I'm going to pick the Saints. Whenever you take out the best piece of an already struggling offense, somebody else is going to have to step up before I pick the Rams any week they, they, they need someone to step up on offense so moving on now we have the lions and the jets who do you have in this one the lions and the giants oh i'm sorry lions and the giants it's all it's all good man yeah. teamwork makes a dream work brian dable for the giants uh i mean i know you brought up a stat earlier in the season where like they were winning games close but it seems to work for them it, uh, it's incredible but looking at their team saquon barkley ride that train guys he leads the league in yards. He He's tied for seventh in uh, rushing TDs. He's averaging 103 yards per game on 4.7 yards per carry. He's incredible. And if he goes down, obviously, that's going to be the end of the offense. However, the reason why I'm saying that is because you're going against the Lions, who are 26th ranked overall on defense, 31 against the run, average 160.9 yards per game, 27th against the pass, 255.3 yards per game, and 32nd overall with overall yards at 416.2 yards per game. So they couldn't stop a cold if they were in a hazmat suit. It's 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 really a, a recipe for disaster when you have an offense that's really good, but your defense is equally as bad. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I feel the same way about the Lions. Uh, and that statistic that I brought up, I, I feel like I bring it up every week at this point because it's true <laughs> every week. The Giants still ugly. <laughs> the Giants still have not won a game that wasn't within a touchdown. This last one was eight points. So okay, that was that. That's a blowout for the Giants. That's winning. still a touchdown. That's still a touchdown. That's still a touchdown. Yeah. yeah it, the only game they had kind of a fluke loss to the Seahawks by a couple touchdowns. That's the only game that they've played that hasn't been within eight points, which is kind of insane. And and if I'm not mistaken, what are they now? Seven and seven and two. Seven and two. Yeah. So seven wins in coach of seven, the year, maybe seven wins in eight games that were within a touchdown. That's insane. Incredible. Uh, 
call it great coaching. Uh, definitely great luck mixed in there as well. All right, so now we're going to be moving on to the Panthers and the Ravens. I really don't need to put too much into this. It's Ravens. Uh, you got the guy that's at quarterback that's possibly MVP this year. I probably would take a nod to maybe a Mahomes or fuck. I don't know. This might be a shot in the dark. Maybe Matthew Judon. I guess he's not. I get he's on defense, but he's wrecking the game. Maybe a Sauce Gardner. But uh, I just think that like the Ravens just have too much for the Panthers, and I think that. The Panthers realistically isn't Baker Mayfield going to be starting this game. Mm, I'm not sure on that one. I'm pretty sure I we heard a report that he starts. It does not matter. You've got to compete against Lamar no. Jackson. You could put anyway a quarterback for the Panthers, and I think that they wouldn't win this game against the Ravens. I agree. But really moving on there. The, well, the only thing I'd say about it is every time we're sure I if I'm not mistaken, our We'll check later, but our podcast, we all picked the Ravens. Last There's always I, something. Last man, I like, checked. There's crazy. always this upset that comes out of nowhere. And for some reason, my gut says it's going to be this one, but I still don't dare pick it because the Ravens are so stacked against the Panthers right now that I'm, I'm going to pick the Ravens, but I'm going to hold my breath and hope that it isn't another one of these just out of the blue upsets yeah, that happens. We, we've seen that way too much this season. Way too much. All right, moving on to the Commanders, who actually looked pretty good against the Eagles on Monday, uh, going up against the Texans. So was it was it a fluke? I mean, this team's five and five. Are they starting to figure yeah, it out? Yeah, but you're versing the Texans, who are competing for the number one overall pick. I look, if I'm the Texans, if I'm the Brass, if I'm Nick Casario, I'm mailing it, mailing it in. Uh, Mills, hey, can you throw a couple more picks? I'll keep you as my quarterback. Wink, wink. Uh, just like. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I've got Ernesto's probably typing something already under the comment section. We haven't even released this video. Uh, look, I was wrong. Taylor Heineke beat the Eagles. He's the only guy that picked him. But a clock's right at least one time a day. So, uh, look, I don't think this is going to be close. I think the Commanders, now they're getting Chase Young back. I don't know if he's gonna, how, many, how many snaps he's going to play. I don't care. Texans are just probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna roll with the Commanders. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Commanders too for the same reason. I, I'm not inspired by this game. As I said earlier, the Eagles gave it away in many ways. This isn't a well. This isn't a good team. This isn't a bad team. It's the Commanders. They're five and five. They find ways to win games. They find ways to lose games. It's just against the Texans. I would hope they figure something out. All right. On to the Raiders and the Broncos, two teams that have been utter disappointments this year. People had so many expectations. And even like, for example, I did not have high expectations for the Broncos this year, but I could have never predicted this Russell Wilson meltdown. So even those of us who were low on the Broncos and the Raiders did not see this happening. And real quick, uh, I'm going to start out with this one because I got to go on a rant about Josh McDaniels. And I think Rob has one uh, <laughs> ready to roll as well. First of all, I always say, give people a chance and just stop. Not Josh McDaniels. Well, that's well. I'm going to back up a little bit and let's look at the Colts against the Raiders. And I will say, I didn't like Joe Thomas, Bill Cowher going up on 
on a lot of talk shows and just slamming Jeff Saturday, just slamming him, saying, oh, he shouldn't be coaching. He has no experience. All these guys that have, have all these years in the NFL, they, you know, they know what they're doing and you can't just put a high school coach in there. And look, look, I'm not, I'm not here to say it was a good call, but Jeff Saturday with zero college coaching experience, zero NFL coaching experience bit beat Josh McDaniels. Ooh, everybody's wanted Josh McDaniels as their head coach for the last decade. And what has it got him? He completely did nothing for the Broncos. Absolutely nothing. And then they turned around and won a Super Bowl when they got rid of him. Uh, his stint at the Rams didn't go too well. Frankly, we have not seen Josh McDaniels do well in this league without Brady and Belichick. So even look at his his year without Brady. It was it was pretty bad. So all this to say, I'm not slamming Jeff Saturday. I'm actually really rooting for him because I feel bad for all the hate he's getting. But somebody who has never coached just beat Josh McDaniels. I mean, you can't get lower than that. It's <laughs> oh god, you're two and seven. What I think I said this at the beginning of the season. I was like, all these Josh McDaniel supporters, uh, yeah, he really's riding the coattails of freaking. <laughs> he's really riding. The, they're averaging 19 points a game, 14th uh, ranked offense. It's not terrible, but it's still not good for a guy that's supposed to be this genius. But if you go and you try to ask, I don't know any Patriots fan, they'll tell you. You don't even need a you don't need a, a bachelor's degree in sports to understand that if Josh McDaniels is coaching the offense and it's a third and fifteen, there's gonna be a screenplay to Bolden. Or yeah. if it's a third and two, it's gonna be a misdirection to Bolden. But you got Damian Harris on the fucking bench. But let's do that. Uh Josh McDaniels. I look, I freaking Mark Davis came out and said that he, he's not even on the hot seat. I know that uh yeah. we got the episode coming out today that uh Joe's said that but i'm not gonna try to step on his toes on that but i just think that like at what point do you look at this guy and you look at your offense and how you had Derek carr crying post game i don't even think he's the problem you're not schematically how this offense is run which this offensive genius i mean i'd rather have matt patricia you're supposed to be like this this great and yet you have Devontae adams you had darren waller you had you have Josh Jacobs, you had Hunter Renfro, you had all these pieces, and yet you're dwell bottom dwelling. There's no excuse for this. He should have been fired, but uh, I guess he's I guess Mark Davis is getting the benefit of the doubt. I'll come back to here when they finish the season like two and fifteen. No, <clears throat> he he said Mark Davis said quote Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, are we forgetting that after? Gruden's complete uh, meltdown that should have just shattered this organization for the season. An interim head coach took them to the playoffs. Like, what do you mean? Rome wasn't built in a day. One year ago, you were in the playoffs and the players, which you, you normally don't see this. The players were actively campaigning for him to stay as their coach. I, Derek I Carr, that. they went out there and they said, we want, we want Bisekia to be our head coach next year. That's, that's huge. And, and ownership didn't care. So 
they bring in this guy. You look at week eight, just look at the last three weeks. Week eight, shut out against the Saints. They're shut out by the Saints. Uh, then they blew a 17-point lead to the Jaguars. And then they lost to the Colts to somebody who's never coached before in the league. So Rome might not have been built in a day, but it can be destroyed in a day. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah, so, a pile of shit that they're building, and it's definitely they should have stuck with that other coach. Yeah, you got yeah. your team, you had your team, your players, cavi- uh, like advocating for somebody, and you were like, okay, he did good with the Patriots, but then you just couldn't, you don't, you don't, you don't see all the other variables. How like Tom Brady was there? How many times did you see Tom Brady audible at the line, Thomas? All the fucking time because he was like, oh my god, this guy just called this play. Same things happening in 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 Tampa. All of a sudden, Brady's starting to audible more, and he's changing up the plays of the line, and it's successful. So I'm just saying, Tom Brady made you, and I'm just so happy. Just please, for the love of God, Raiders and, and your team, I'm happy Mark Davis said that he's not on the hot seat. Thank you for keeping him. As a Patriots fan, thank you. All right. Um. All that said, all that said, and I'm not even going to defend it because I'm going to say it quite simply. I have zero trust in Russell Wilson. I have zero trust in what the Broncos are doing, so I'm picking the Raiders this week. Actually, and I'm taking the Raiders what, too. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> I'm actually picking the Raiders too. I, I for whatever fucking reason, maybe it was the high knees on the plane or something. Yeah, no mile high club today. I think that <laughs> Russell Wilson gives me even more pause than Josh McDaniels does somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it might be a subway commercial. Those cringy ass subway commercials, but I. I nope. Yeah, I, I got to go with the Raiders. All right, uh, moving on to the – this is this might be the game of the week right here. Uh, Cowboys and the Vikings. The, the, the Cowboys, I, I don't know. Like, Stephen A. Smith says it all the time. You're going to get those same old Cowboys. It's just when do they show up. And I just think that the Vikings, this last game against the Bills was kind of a test for them to really get challenged and see what the team's capable of. Uh, I gave Joe my notes for when he went and did that episode. He was taught, look at the, the plays that he made. He was like, I can't remember what it was. There was a fourth and 18 where Justin Jefferson had this on otherworldly catch. Uh, probably could put that. I would probably put that above the OBJ catch just because yeah, it was the I significance. Would. The game was on the line. He doesn't catch that the game's over. Uh, then it was like a fourth and four. And I think there was a, in overtime, it was like a third and like seven. And he converted all those. I think Kirk Cousins, that should be the reason why he gets that little bit of um, energy and a little bit of a boost that he needs. And I just think the Cowboys, you lost to a three and six Packers team who has no Rashawn Gary to even really stop Tony Pollard. You have all those weapons on offense. You've got Micah Parsons, who is a one man wrecking crew on defense. And then you lose to Christian Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers, who Christian Watson had dropped fucking everything throughout the season. Now he has three touchdowns that game. I I can't bring it to my, bring myself to pick the Cowboys. So and I wouldn't pick them anyways because you're going against probably the best team in the NFL right now, the Vikings. I'm in the same boat. Uh, the Cowboys are one of those teams where every year – they really make you want to believe in them. And then they do something that just, they just fall apart in the end. So I really want to believe in the Cowboys. I can't yet. It's too early. And like you said, the Vikings are on fire. I put that catch number two 
only to Edelman's Super Bowl catch against the Falcons. That's that was, that, to me. That's the only catch that I've seen that was better. Yeah, just because it's a Super Bowl, it, you're just. Yeah. That's the only reason you even put that above that. Yeah, is absolutely insane. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, I love my stats. So the most games of 150 plus receiving yards in the first three seasons of an NFL career now belongs to Justin Jefferson, and we are the best wide receiver in the NFL. Bar none. I thought it was Stefan Diggs. I thought maybe Tyreek Hill with the season he's having. But Justin Jefferson is otherworldly. He seemingly was plucking every fucking ball out of the end. Whoever that rookie cornerback they put on him. God rest his soul. Was it rookie corner? I can't remember. It didn't matter. I, I was, You could have put anybody on him that game. He was just playing out of his world. I do not know how he reeled that football in. One hand, guy has two hands, and I'm looking at him like this game's over. He's pulling it in. It's as if the player was in slow motion, and then the amount of strength to just be like, nope, that's mine. I don't care if people think that he aided the catch. Just to be able to pull that in with one hand, Justin Jefferson, bar none, best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, his his guardian angels helping him keep that ball <laughs> off the ground. Uh, and I, I will say... Uh, he passed a former Vikings wide receiver, Randy Moss. In, in So the the title remains to the Vikings. So moving on to our next game. So we both have the Vikings. Uh, moving on to our next game, we have the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, interesting note on the Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick is out for multiple weeks uh, because of an appendectomy. So as soon as TJ Watt comes back, now you have Minka Fitzpatrick leaving so who do you have for this one it, it doesn't matter to me i think they 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 can't catch a break the steelers so i'm i'm just gonna flat out say i'm gonna go with the Bengals. i don't think there's much more that it needs to be said with that said with that i think the Bengals are starting to finally find their stride sort of and mixing's running all over people i i can't really pick against the Bengals at this point i think they're, this is part of the season where they're gonna start turning around yeah i agree and uh I stand by my predictions. So at the beginning of the year, I projected predicted Bills versus Vikings for the Super Bowl and Vikings winning. And I'm sticking to it. But I will say my sleeper pick right now is the, be Bengals. the Bengals. It's Gotta the, be the Bengals. Bengals. They, they could surprise people and come All it back. Takes one and, game. One yeah. game. And that team can just erupt. Yeah. That offense. Well, we talked about Justin Jefferson, but, you know, Jamar Chase and – that there's and Joe Mixon, how about that five touchdown day? Unreal. Hey. 50, 50, yeah. 55 points, I think it was, or 57 points he had that game. Unfucking yeah. real. And you have Joe Burrow, is he's making very good decisions. He, he he feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than he has. I mean, this is is this his third season now? Yes, this is his third, third season. season. He feels it's, like he's been in for a decade. Like he's just he's making good choices, putting the ball where it needs to be getting better every week so they're finding their groove we both have the Bengals. uh moving on to the chiefs and the chargers there's way too many injuries on injuries on this chargers offense and i'll leave it at that chiefs are riding high uh i can't like patrick mahomes probably the mvp of the league right now i could probably make a case for other people i, I said it earlier in the episode uh that's what i put i literally put under chargers too many injuries you don't have your number one or your number two wide receiver. That's it. Chiefs, and I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm also going with the Chiefs. They do have Juju Smith-Schuster in concussion protocol, but they have a lot of depth at wide receiver. They don't have any single star anymore, but they have a lot of a lot of guys that can make plays. And then, like you said, the Chargers have just had so many injuries on offense. And even if, you know, Mike Williams might be able to be back on Sunday, Keenan Allen might be able to be back on Sunday, but even when you have a player who's questionable all week, limited participant, nursing injury day by day, they're not going to be 100%. So I would still watch the Chargers moving forward, but a game against the Chiefs when they're still battling injuries is not the week to pick them. So I'm picking the Chiefs on the road to pull off that win. And then uh, that brings us to our last game. If my calculations are correct, uh, <laughs> we are back down to the 49ers and the Cardinals. Just one piece of, of breaking news about that. Uh, we found out Zach Ertz is going to be out for the season for the Cardinals. So that was a big uh, acquisition for them and has obviously helped them a lot this year. So that's a tough loss. Uh, who do you have for this one? So Hollywood Brown was at practice, so he may be traveling to Mexico. But just because the fact that they're going to Mexico kind of complicates because when you have injuries, it's kind of you can't really travel with injuries. Uh, Jeremy Fowler actually came out and said that Kyler Murray may miss another week. That is crazy. Thrust in Colt McCoy, who's as a starter in the last two years for the Cardinals, three and one. Uh, that really doesn't change my decision as to who I picked during this game, just because. You have a whole plethora of injuries going against a team that looks like a fucking juggernaut. If Jimmy Garoppolo just plays like Trent Dilfer or like, was it handsome Kirk Cousins that uh, Joe says? Uh, I think that you can't beat that team. You got Debo Samuel. You got George Kittle. You got Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk. It, it, it's just, it's, there's too many things to say. The Cardinals in DVOA are 29th compared to the 49ers, 49ers that are 11th. That's with Kyler Murray. Now you don't have Kyler Murray and to, to help help those numbers. And they were not a great team already. So now I get it. 3-1 as a starter. I don't know how much faith I have in Colt McCoy. I can't say he's better than what they have, especially not Jimmy Garoppolo. So I also have the 49ers for the same reason. And I would like to finish off this podcast with a story because you mentioned Colt story McCoy. Time. It, it's a good one. Colt McCoy made a huge impact on my life that I'll never forget. So when I was 10 years old, he was just entering the league. Yeah, that's how young I am. <laughs> uh, it, uh, that's a side tangent. But anyway. I was 10 years old. He was, I think he was actually in college and uh, he wrote a book, him and Tim Tebow and Sam Bradford. They went together and they wrote a book. And in this book, he said that when he was 10 years old, he stopped drinking soda because he wanted to be a professional football player. And he said, professional football players need to be healthy. And I was like, I want to be a professional baseball player. So I stopped drinking soda. And to this day, I don't drink soda because of Colt McCoy. So for what it's worth, uh, the fact that you brought up start, start drinking soda, start drinking soda. <laughs> You're missing out. Some Phantom, maybe some, hey, some Sprite. I still, I still have a chance to be a professional baseball player. I mean, they, the Red Sox can check out my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, check out my resume. 
my yeah. my stats yeah, from Little League, whatever you want, uh, it is there. I'll interview. Switch hitter. So, yeah, and, and, you know, baseball players, I mean, Justin Verlander's 39, and he's going to win the Cy Young. So, I mean, the age kind of increases. You can play into your 40s. So, hey. for at least a few decades, I'm not going to be drinking soda. You know, Jamie Moyer went to 51. A hey, hey, Kurt Warner was a was a bagger at some shopping center. So, let, let yep. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas is going to be the next uh, Joe Montana. Yeah, and I'll be a dual sport athlete because I had more rush, more receiving yards than Tyler Algier. <laughs> this week. So there you go. The next Bo Jackson, y'all. Uh, and with that, that wraps up our show. So thank you for tuning in to the House Call podcast. You can check us out on all the social medias. Eh, give or take a couple, but uh, you know, uh, pick a social media and see if we're there. Uh, this has been the House Call podcast. Signing off. Let's go. Your opinion on what uh, uh, what Josh McDaniels has done as a head coach this year? Uh, Josh McDaniels, I've, he's underperformed. <laughs> Uh, with